Well, welcome to the Empower Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. So good. Welcome to everyone joining us online today. As Seb just told us then, uh, we will be doing communion at the end of this service. Who loves communion? Enjoy communion. What a great time of the year, the Sunday before Easter, that we'll be doing communion today and celebrating that uh, at the end of this message, uh, which is going to be great. But just a couple of quick things uh, just to uh, celebrate or talk about as well uh, is Pastor Nick and Johanna got married yesterday, which is great. And um, we, we just celebrated that yesterday, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, they're, um, they, it was just a beautiful wedding. Amazing wedding, amazing time. And uh, just great to see them mar- married. Our youth pastors are married now, which is great. So that's awesome to see. And uh, I just want to thank and celebrate uh, the miracle offering last Sunday as well. Uh, and just thank everybody for being a part of that, for coming in faith. And uh, really just whatever God has spoken to your heart to be a part of, to give to that uh, has been wonderful. And uh, God is just doing great things already with that. And uh, But we raised and pledged last Sunday $273,378. So let's give Jesus a clap now. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, God. Thank you for your provision there, Lord, for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Hey, that is wonderful. And if you uh, still are praying about that and you would like to be a part of that, you can find the Miracle Offering cards in the blue spot giving boxes there. You can uh, just put them in there if that's something that you would still like to be a part of as well. And uh, on that note, one of the things we were giving to was the building ownership as well. Just want to let you know it settles this week. So Easter Sunday, we will own this building. Yeah, so come on, give Jesus a clap for that. That is incredible. Such a miracle. One day I'm going to be able to talk more about that story. It it is an amazing miracle. And uh, just before we dive into the Word, I just wanted to uh, just share a little bit about some service changing, uh, service changes that we're making uh, in the life of Empower. We've been running an 8, 10, and 6 uh, since we came back physically uh, after restrictions in 2020. And uh, that has served us very well over that season. And, uh, and, and as things have eased and eased a lot more, uh, you know, in the first three months of this year, uh, we just felt it was time uh, to really just make a change in that. Uh, in the way that we were operating there. And so what we're looking at doing is we're going to be merging our eight with our 10 again. And uh, as of like this weekend, so our 8 a.m. service we just had was our last 8 a.m. And uh, it'll be 10 a.m. from now on. So we'll be uh, joining in. The eight will be here with us in the 10. And uh, we'll be able, we got room for more seats and all that sort of thing. So that's fine. And, uh, but uh, something else that we're doing as well is we're uh, looking at moving our 6 p.m service to a 5 p.m. Um, and uh, the reason being is that our 8 a.m. had child minding, but our 6 p.m. didn't. So what we're looking at doing is our 5 p.m. will have child minding in it. And uh, we're going to be able to enable people to, uh, you know, if people want to come to the 10 and the 5, if they've got kids as well, it means that they can get home, say, like guest speakers, events, all that sort of stuff. We, we can actually cater for that so much more uh, and, uh, and be able to get families to be able to get home by 7 o'clock, uh, which is great. So we want to 
to give this a try. We want to see uh, how it works as we enter into uh, uh, the winter season. And, uh, and it doesn't mean that we're not going to revisit three services down the track in the future again. I actually believe that in my heart, that, you know, that is something that we uh, will do in the future. Uh, but for now, we believe this is the best way forward for Empower Church in Caloundra. And uh, we just wanted to let you know. Now, if, you, if the 10's been your service, that doesn't affect you. Uh, but if the 8 has, uh, or you've been to both of them, just so from now on, after Easter weekend, uh, we'll be making those changes. And the 5 will come into effect on Anzac Day. So it'll be 10 and 6 in April. And then on Anzac Day, the 25th of April, that's when the 5 will begin. We all cool with that? Everyone's good. You got that online as well. Awesome. That is great. Well, let's dive into the Word. Uh, I love preaching about communion. I love preaching about the power of what communion is because communion is actually, it's actually really praise and worship for what Christ has done for us. And, uh, and if you're new, if you're you know, a guest today, you know, communion is where uh, us as believers, uh, we take the bread, which represents the body of Jesus that was broken at the cross, and we partake of the communion, which is juice, uh, which, we, which represents the blood of Jesus that was shed as well. And it's powerful uh, for a Christian to partake in this and partake in it together. And what I'm going to preach about today is I want to preach about three things that we gain from doing communion. Three benefits that we're a part of when we partake in communion together. It's not just a ritualistic thing. It's not just a, like a traditional thing that we do. And it's like, nice, okay, you know, that was great. You know, what's for lunch? You know, it was, it was more, or oh, that tied me over until lunch. You know, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, oh gosh, we got the bread. That's great. So hungry. You know, but, you know, but at the end of the day, it's more than just getting a little drink and some bread uh, in a service, okay? Or whenever we do it. There's meaning to it, there's power to it, and it's super spirit, not super spiritual, but it's spiritual and it's powerful for our lives. So the first benefit is this, is the benefit of Christ's death, the benefit of his death for our lives. Matthew 26, 26 to 28 says, as they were eating, this is the last supper, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. So we see this picture here in the Last Supper, the day or the night before Jesus was going to the cross. Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for what is about to happen. Now, they are actually celebrating the Passover meal, which has been instigated for a long, long time. And generations upon generations, and it goes all the way back to when the Israelites were actually slaves in Egypt. And in one of the, you know, the 10 plagues, the, the final one was the wrath of, of, of the, the death of the firstborn uh, that came upon the Egyptians. And, uh, and what the Israelites did is they took uh, a pure lamb and they sacrificed that pure lamb and they took the blood of that lamb and, and you know, painted it uh, with hyssop on the, the, the lintel and doorposts of their home. And what would happen is that the, the wrath would pass over. It would pass over them and they would be kept safe. All right, and so they would, they would then, they celebrated the first Passover meal. And that Passover meal was actually a prelude for what Christ was about to do. 
It was the it's the it was a sacrificial lamb that was given to atone for their sins, so the wrath of God wouldn't be laid out upon them. Okay, so we see Christ. Christ at his death was the atonement for our sins. He was the final lamb sacrificed once and for all time. That he here he is here celebrating the Passover meal that was passed. Now in the present, in that moment, he is is instigating the first communion. And uh, in that moment, as he's doing it, he's trying to help the disciples understand this is my body that will be broken. And this is my blood that will be shed. Now, it wasn't physically eating that. It was partaking the representation spiritually of what that meant for them. And there is a power of what the cross means to us and what we celebrate. And I I, I reiterate celebrate when we take communion because we do celebrate the death because Christ took it in our stead. He was the atonement for us. We didn't have to take the punishment of of our own sins. He took it for us. And so the best way to explain this is Romans 5, 6 to 11 says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us uh, from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. How powerful is that last statement? That we are now friends of God. All right, Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you my disciples, but you are my friends. You're my friends. See, friends speaks of relationship. See, Jesus didn't die to add some more subjects to his kingdom. He died to bring us into his family. That's what he died for. He died to join us, graft us into the vine of Father, Son, Holy Spirit and His people into that one relationship with God. John 15, we are grafted into the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. He brings us into relationship with God. Before the, before the cross, before Jesus' death at the cross and atoning for our sins, we were enemies of God as that says. We deserve the punishment because of our sin, because of our rebellion, because of our waywardness from God. We deserved what, what, what sin. See, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ. So Romans 3 is reiterating what Romans 5 said once again. It's all through Jesus Christ. See, while we were still sinners... While we were in our mess. Hey, not only while we were in our mess, but while we were still enemies of God. All right, Christ came and died for us. That is the love story of heaven. That is the love story riddled through the entire story of the Bible and history is that we were enemies of God, yet God didn't repel us. He drew Himself near to us and He sacrificed Himself so that we could be close to Him again. 
That is the beauty of the cross. That's the, that's the benefit of his death, is that he took the punishment for our sin, our brokenness, our mess. Such was his love. Oh, it's unconditional love. And see, when we take and partake of, of communion and we take of that bread that was his body that was broken, the reason why we celebrate and we come with praise and thankfulness in that moment is we have to remember as we're holding that, maybe that little piece of wafer bread or a nice big chunk like I'm gonna be having in a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I'm not gonna eat all of it, but yeah. Anyway, uh, but you know, it's like, it's like you, you look at this and go, well, this, this represents the fact that as I partake of this, this was Christ's body in my stead. But for the grace of God, there goes my life. It was, it was because of His grace that He came and laid down His own self so that we could be saved, so that we could know His redemption. And see, we know this through the blood that was shed as well, is that through Christ, His blood actually gives us access into the presence of God. See, Hebrews 10 speaks to us about the fact, let us come boldly into the throne of our gracious God through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, it's His blood that has given us access. It's His blood that atoned for our sins. All right, so, Christ, so God the Father, He no longer sees us and our sin and our mess. When we accept Jesus Christ, He sees Jesus. And therefore, we are acceptable. He, he accepts us in. See, it's not the fact that you needed to be good enough for God to accept you. See, people believe that lie. Sometimes people, that's the thing that holds them away from Christianity. That's the thing that holds them away from believing because they think, man, my life is not together. I haven't got my act together yet, so therefore God, He cannot accept me. I wanna tell you right now, God is not worried about anything that's happened in your life because it's not based on your merits. It's based on Christ's merits. It's based on what He has done. See, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. That's why He came. It wasn't so that you could climb some ladder of morality and get to God that way. It's like, I'm good enough now and I'm measurable. It's not based on our measurable, measurable nature and, and our, our merits. It's based on Christ. It's His sacrifice. It's His merits. And therefore, we enter in through Jesus Christ. So when we celebrate communion, when we bring our praise, our worship into that moment of communion, of partaking there, we are remembering, Lord, it's all because of you. It's all because of you. I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful for what you've done to lay down your life for me. See, I love how Philippians 2 uh, you know, shows the, the story of Christ because you know, Christ didn't need to come. He was already divine. He was already God. And Philippians 2 shows us that He came into our world as a bondservant, born into poverty, born into, you know, the, living the same life. He, he was fully God. He was fully divine. He didn't need to come, but He came fully man as well, born into this world. Now, just that alone should tell us that He loves us. Sometimes we pass over that because we just, we go straight to the cross. But, but I, 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 it, it escapes me who said this quote. I think it was in a C.S. Lewis book, but it was, a, it was a statement that Jesus came from divine. He came from the heavenlies, undressing all the way down as he came. 
That's the beautiful picture, isn't it? Like, like taking off his robes of, of kingliness and, and, and divine nature and, and coming into this bondservant of who he became for us. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so when we look at this picture, we can see, man, I'm so thankful for the cross. There is benefit. He didn't have to gain anything in the heavenlies. But I tell you now, he, he came so that he could gain us back to himself again. He came so he could win victory in this life, in this realm. That's why he came. And therefore, when he rose from the dead, he, he defeated sin and death. He became victorious and he won the victory so that we could have salvation through Jesus Christ. Why did he come? He came to gain us back again. I mean, that in itself is beautiful. It shows the love of God for our lives. The second thing that we partake in with communion is the unity of believers. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 to 17, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of the one bread. See, the beauty of this, in, in when we celebrate communion, what we're doing is we are reminded in that moment is that we come together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. See, He is the one who unites us. Ephesians 4 teaches us that Jesus Christ is at the head and we are the body and, and we come together and it's what every joint supplies. We are the body of Christ. But what unites us is Jesus at the head. See, He is the one that brings us together. He brings different ages, different races, different cultures, different ways of thinking. We all come together, but we come together under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what unites us. And so when we come together and we partake of this, we know that, hey, it was through the cross and the resurrection that reconciled my relationship with God. My life has become right with God through Jesus Christ, and my vertical relationship with God is made right. But not only that, is my horizontal relationship with each other is made right through Jesus Christ. See, whenever, you know, whenever we come to communion, we've got to remember that, hey, Lord, you have done this so that I could actually build healthy relationships. I can actually live this Christian life. As it says in all of Paul's epistles, he says, hey, bear with one another, love one another, forgive one another, serve one another. All these things, they are possible because of Jesus Christ, because of what He has done. They are possible to be done. They can be done. But I wanna tell you now, if you're ever struggling with somebody else in your life, we rem I just wanna let you know, you've just gotta come back to the cross first. Come back to the cross because that reminds us that He gave it all for us. He bore it all at the cross so that we could be forgiven. So He says, because I have forgiven you, I will help you to forgive others. I'll help you to serve others. I'll help you by my Spirit. I'll empower you to love one another. It's through Jesus Christ. And He's the one that unites us. He unites the believers together. So when we're partaking of that, we're partaking in communion, but it's also partaking in the fact that because of Christ, I can have community. I can know a sense of belonging. I can know that I'm a part of a people. I'm a part of something greater than myself. I'm a part of a bigger story. And I'm, I can join in. I'm a part of fellowship with what God has already done for me. And I love this picture is that in communion, we can celebrate this together. And this is why it's so important when we come to communion to really take the time to actually examine your heart. 
to examine your heart and your life before God. See, before we actually partake in communion today, we're gonna go through the song again and we're gonna actually, you know, take a moment during this song and maybe there's some things that we need to come before God in and actually say sorry for. Maybe there's some things in our lives that we need to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've been doing this. I'm sorry for where my life has been out here before you. Because we need to examine our lives before God. And not only that, we need to examine our lives before each other so that we can, we can look at our lives and say, God, maybe we need to forgive. Maybe we need to let go of some things that we've been harboring and hanging on to because this is so real what we're doing. It's so spiritual what we are doing and we're partaking in that. We need to get our heart into a good place. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we're aware and we're getting our heart before God and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. One of the best things we can do is actually just let God read our heart. Examine our heart. Lord, where am I at before you? Is there some things that I need to get right before I partake of, the, of communion with you and with fellow believers in this moment right now, remembering what you've done at the cross and the resurrection? How are we going today? This is, this is good for our lives. This is, this is why we do it. It's so we remember these great things that we're partaking in today. See, I love this, this point because most of your life you're gonna deal with people. You're gonna deal with people at work. You're gonna deal with people in, at home and those people you're married to and they're your children. You're gonna deal with people at school. You're gonna deal with people at university in your business, wherever you are, in your sporting club, your gym, you just deal with people. People are everywhere. And, uh, and to do it well, it's so important that we come back to the place of saying, Lord, help me to model you through my life. Help me to model Christ and be that example through my life. And communion is that reminder to me that, Lord, I can, I can be your example to those around me because of what you've done for me. The cross the resurrection means that I can stand in that fellowship with you and I can minister to others through what you've done for me. The third thing today as the musicians and singers come is that we can stand in the victory. Standing in the victory of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 4 to 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I wanna encourage us today that when we partake of communion, we are partaking in His victory. We are partaking in the victory of the resurrection that when Jesus rose from the dead, we, um, I don't wanna reach too far into Resurrection Sunday, but when Jesus rose from the dead, He didn't just resuscitate from the dead, from the death to die again one day. He resuscitated, He came back to life. He will never die again. Death has lost its sting. Death has lost its grip on Jesus Christ. Jesus is now risen into a new state. He will never die again. And see, when Jesus rose from the dead, He was the first fruits for eternity. 
He was the first fruits risen from the grave to, for the prelude of what we will go into when Jesus returns. We will, be, we will be raised into new life. We will be transformed, as it says in Thessalonians, into a, a new state. And that state is what Christ is in right now. He is the first fruits of what we will enter into. It is the celebration of the victory of what we will enter into. And when we stand in this life right now, we are reminding the devil that I am on the victorious team. I am on the team that has already won the victory. Death, you cannot hold him anymore. You can't touch him anymore. Sin, you have no hold. So when I was saved through Jesus Christ, I have been saved and I can live that life of salvation. I can know His blessings. I can know His promises. See, sometimes it's good in communion to remind the enemy that I can be healed in my body because Jesus at the cross, you defeated sickness. You took the wounds upon your back with the whips that went over your back. As it says in Isaiah 50, 53, by His stripes, we are healed. Past tense, we are healed. So we claim the victory of the healing for our bodies. Anxiety, depression, oppression in people's lives. We partake of communion. We can stand in the victory to say today, say maybe you've been struggling in those areas of your life, but you can remind the enemy that I am free today. I am free in my mind, in my soul, in my emotions, because Jesus didn't just come to heal my physical body. He came to heal me from the inside out. He came to restore the brokenhearted. So therefore, when we partake of that, we partake of the victory that has defeated anxiety, defeated depression, defeated oppression in people's lives. It is the victory that has defeated the past. When the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you can just remind him of his future and you can remind him of the victory that's already been won through Jesus Christ. We can stand in that victory. We're on the offense, we're not on the defense. Regardless of what goes on in our world, we are still on the winning team. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves that I am healed through the cross and the resurrection. I'm set free, free through the cross and the resurrection. I can live in that liberty. I can live in that freedom in my life. Poverty and lack is defeated. His power is broken off our lives because Jesus has won the victory already. See, some of us as Christians, we need to be reminded that we actually, we actually come from a position of victory. As that scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, thanks be unto God who always, everyone say always, always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ over sin and death. Always gives us the victory. It's not like, it's, God's not on a part-time project here. It's like, I'll, I'll give you victory in these areas, but not these ones. They're a little bit too hard. Nothing's too hard for our God. Nothing is impossible for our, for our God. We're the ones who limit Him. But He's already won the victory. And when we stand in that victory, we are reminding ourselves that Christ won it for us. He went to the cross, He rose from the dead for our liberty, for our freedom, for our salvation, for our eternity with Him. See, not only do we celebrate the victory that He's won for us now, but we also, we are, if, if, it was, if Jesus was taking communion at the Passover, that was a past, it's a present, and it's also a future as well. Because in 
in actually Luke 14, it speaks about Christ was asked by a Pharisee. He says, Will it, wouldn't it be great, Jesus, one day when we, when we join in with the great banquet and the great feast of the kingdom of God? Wouldn't it be great? See, the Pharisee knew. He knew that one day there would be an end of all things. There would be a time where God, God's kingdom would come. And God's kingdom will come. And Jesus is going to be coming back. He will return. Come on, this is our faith. It's not taboo to talk about Jesus will come back one day. Of course He's coming back one day. This is why we're all here, because we believe it. We believe that He will return. When He ascended to heaven, He said, I will return. I will come back again. He's gonna return. And He's coming back in victory. He's coming back in victory. But when this, this, this uh, Pharisee said these words, he was speaking of the future banquet that would come in the kingdom. That when the king returns, he comes to bring his kingdom and call his people unto himself. See, we are the bride. It's, it's mentioned and flavoured through the Gospels in so many ways when Jesus likens to the kingdom of God. But that br great bridegroom reaching, bringing his bride in and the great wedding feast, the beautiful feast. I mean, last night I was at the wedding feast of Nick and Johanna. It's great. It's awesome. And I looked at the plaque and it said, that's where your seat is. It's right there. It had my name on it. It had my wife's name on it. Actually, she swapped it over because her seat was falling in the ground a little bit. So I'm like, okay, baby, I'll sit there. You sit there. All right. I'll sit on this one, you know. And uh, I don't mind sitting on the lean. It's all good. Just as long as I'm at the table. Hello? I just want to be at the table. And see, when we, when we accepted Jesus into our heart, into our life, there was a placard put at the table of the wedding feast and it's got your name on it. Your name is written in full. It's written there. There's a seat waiting for you. There's a seat waiting for me. And this is why the devil tries to distract us and tries to get our mind on the futile things of this life. He tries to just get our mind away from what is to be. That is the promise. That we partake in communion, that we are a prelude, a forerunner every time we do it of celebrating the wedding feast of the table that I will sit at one day. And I'm reminding the enemy and I'm reminding myself and I'm standing before God in this moment and saying, Lord, one day, one day I will sit at your table because I'll have a seat at that table. I'll be wearing my robe that I put on, because this is the parable of what Jesus told. He said, hey, if there's people that don't want me and don't want my invitation, that's okay, go and invite everyone. Invite the people in the street and the highways and the byways, go and get them all. Go out into the hill country, go find them all, get them all. He's speaking of the gospel spreading across the world. He's speaking of people that, hey, you know, I, I'm gonna say 